0: Ari Roseman here with another uh, fun-filled episode of That 4K Podcast. This week's topic, we're going to talk about bad, planned, provider behaviors you should emulate. Of course, first things first, that4k for further information on all our live events, 26th and 27th of this month. We're going to have the National uh, Virtual Conference um, on Zoom, of course. Uh, Should be a lot of fun. Two days, probably 11 to 2 p.m., three hours each day. Um, Just a couple bucks to be a part of it. And, of course, we will be in Oakland on uh, April 14th and Detroit on May 3rd for our live events um, and baseball games as well. Uh, Go to that4ksec.com for further information. Um, So going back... So, to the topic at hand, uh, you know, overall, there are obviously some bad uh, plan provider uh, behaviors out there. And, uh, you know, sometimes I always, I always think about, you know, co workers or law firm partners that I've worked with in the past, and, you know, they were cruel, and I always wonder if. You know being cruel was an option that they took, or it was just some type of personality disorder. Um, you know, I always tried to treat people the way I wanted to be treated, and I think for the most part, it kind of worked out. Um, and I just never understand, you know, these crazy behaviors. But you know, first things um, first, uh, a bad platform plan provider behavior is, you know, treating clients poorly. Um, You know, there's that running line from that uh, movie Clerks uh, where, um, you know, stealing a line from it, I would always joke that the the job would be great if it wasn't for some of the clients. But it's a joke because sometimes clients do drive you crazy, but ultimately um, they're the ones paying your bills, and I'll never understand plan providers that have absolute disdain for their clients. Um, You know, for the most part, I always say the customer is always right. Obviously, you can't, uh, you know, make changes into a plan document that are not allowable. I can't allow a a pre-59.5 in-service distribution for solid deferrals. Um, You know, so I always say the customer is always right as long as it abides by ERISA and the internal revenue code. I think that, you know, treating clients poorly could be through a number of ways, and, you know, lack of communication, over billing, or just, you know, plain competence. It's always easier to lose clients than it is to gain them. It takes months and months to sign up a client and get them interested in your services, and it, you can lose them in an instant. And, you know, there are plain providers out there that really know that they're treating their clients poorly. But, you know, of course, there are very few people out there that are very self-aware of their own disorders, you know, personality disorders. Uh, you know, seating as a plant provider at the table of your client, there are hundreds of other plant providers that want your spot. So there is no point in treating clients poorly, in my opinion. Um, it just doesn't make any sense. And of course, not only treating, you know, clients poorly, but also treating other plant providers poorly. That's another obviously uh, you know, behavior that shouldn't be emulated. You know, we live in a retirement plan industry that when you think of it, it's national, but it's small in scope. You know, I I know providers on the other side of the country, and uh, it's really a close-knit business. Um, You know, people do talk. And if you have a bad reputation with other plant providers, word would spread. And, um, you know, I've worked well with people. I've worked, you know, I've been in this business, you know, 2023 will be 25 years I've been in this business. And, you know, I started with people who have achieved great things in this business and you know it's it's amazing sometimes when you see these people you know how far they've come and you know let's look at my businesses how far that i've come and uh you know when you do great work as a plant provider people in the retirement plan business will talk and when you do lousy work i think people talk even more it's just the you know ideas you know Plant providers should be doing a good job, and so the exceptions are the ones that get talked about. And, uh, you know, years ago I went to a um, a brokerage office and I was uh, told then and there that uh, my old boss from a CPA that I worked at wasn't allowed within that brokerage uh, office because he was known for stealing clients. Uh people in this business talk and talk a lot. And uh, you know, it's 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 not rumor in the innuendo, it's it's real talk. And you know, whether you're dealing with competing plant providers or succeeding plant providers or providers providers who've been referrals, referrals referrals of business for you, you have to treat people with respect. And again, like I said, I treat people the way I wanna be treated. It kind of works well that way. If you say bad things about plant providers or fail to cooperate with the plant provider who is hired to succeed you, people are only going to talk. You can ruin your own brain when you act unprofessionally with other plant providers. So it makes no sense to, you know, treat other plant providers poorly. Taking things personally when you get fired. Um, obviously, you know, uh, getting fired is fun. Uh, I will always remember WFAN, 34 years ago, or 35 years ago, or 34 years ago, probably, when somebody called into an interview show, um, Davy Johnson was the manager of the Mets. Led them to a World Series in '86, but, you know, they lost the '88 National League Championship Series, and, you know, they felt that, uh, you know, Davy was underachieving. And somebody called into Davy and said, Davy, is it true you're hired to be fired? And I was blown away by that comment. And you know, it's it's, it's a question: Are you only, are you hired to be fired? Meaning, eventually, um, after being fi- after being hired for one reason or another, down the line you will be fired one day. And you know, uh, there are a lot of reasons to get fired, and sometimes that has nothing to do with you. You know, I've I've been TPAs and. You know, we got fired because there's a change in the manager of the company. Uh, somebody's relative was in the business and they got the business, whatever it is. And, you know, again, a lot of times getting fired has nothing to do with you. Um, it just happens. It's, as Michael Correo would say, uh, it's business, not personal. Um, and unfortunately, there are plenty of writers that take that, you know, firing personally. Um, especially in the TPA business. I've seen it a handful of times where TPAs would be uncooperative, screw up with the plan sponsors that fired them. Um, You know, I filed a complaint with a DOL, which I actually have to follow up on, on a TPA that um, didn't want to do the 5,500 evaluation for the the year that they were paid for, for the full year, because it went past their termination date. Um, You know, I think that if you treat uh, plant sponsors poorly because you got fired, it really shows your true self. Um, that's how I see it. Next, not even trying to pretend to network. Um, I, when I started my own practice, it's almost 13 years ago. I um, I did a lot of networking. It didn't really work out for me. Because uh, I did a lot of small business networking people who didn't have money to start a 401k plan. And one thing that always drove me nuts is when you would meet, typically, it would in- be insurance salespeople. Uh, and rather than network, all they were trying to do was sell me a life insurance policy. And listen, when I have $2 million term life, uh, I didn't need any more life insurance. Um, uh, and, and these days you know, I don't do that, those networking meetings anymore, but, you know, you get a lot of LinkedIn invitations from folks who uh, are selling services to attorneys or uh, search engine optimization companies or, you know, some newbie advisor who doesn't know what I do for a living and wants to sell me their financial services. Um, You know, I, I just, you know, I just, I I hate that. Or it's just like you're not trying to actually network, you're just trying to sell something. You know, when I network with advisors, I don't say, oh, who's your risk attorney? You're just trying to sell them directly on my risk services. I always see myself as, you know, in case of emergency, break the glass. And, you know, risk attorneys uh, are are not uh, that uh, frequent. And, you know, when something goes wrong, they're going to contact me and I'll help them out when they need it. Or they have clients that need it the advisory letter or whatever it is and uh i you know that's that's how i act and i i think that uh you know being you know networking to me is trying to meet people trying to work with them trying to you know provide advice and guidance and you know they know you're out there and when it comes time to it they'll, they'll deal with you and um, you know sending you know, one of the newest things that I hate is when people send emails that are unsolicited and there's no mechanism to sign off and say, I don't want your email anymore. So, you know, I send a couple newsletters a week, uh, a couple newsletters a month and weekly emails for all my events. And there's this, you know, thanks to constant contact, there's this safe unsubscribe link. You don't want my email anymore. You don't have it. And, you know, people do sign off. You know, I send out emails to 12,000 people, you know. And you'll get, like, you know, five people don't want it anymore. And listen, it's nothing personal. But I don't want to be spammed. And that's the newest thing where people, like, there's no mechanism to get rid of those unsolicited emails. Or they'll say, please email me back that you don't want me on my own list. I'm like, "I I don't even want to answer you. And I remember there was this guy selling attorney services five or six emails just trying to get my attention. I'm just like, I wouldn't give him the response of just like, leave me alone. I just, you know, wanted him to stop. And eventually he did stop after about five or six emails. I just think that, uh, you know, it just I think that if you want to, you know, if you're not trying to network with people and you're just trying to sell them things, you're going to get tuned out. And I think the best way to deal with other plant providers whatnot is to provide information, show your expertise, and that makes you stand out, and when they need you, they'll call you. Last but not least, uh, treating employees poorly. And, you know, from the first 12 years of my career, um, i worked for other people, and at the end of the day, I knew it wasn't for me. I think some, you know... Some birds aren't meant to be caged, and some people aren't meant to work for others, and I think that uh, that's, that's me. Um, you know, maybe I was just an entrepreneur, maybe I was just the malcontent that couldn't be satisfied, and I, I think there's the point where you could say I was a malcontent. Uh, my wife is completely, you know, completely opposite. She wouldn't want to work on her own, and that's fine. I think that, you know, not everybody has it in them, and that's okay. Uh, the problem with working for other people is how you treat it. When I was working for, you know, that semi-prestigious law firm out Long Island, and, uh, you know, uh, I had a managing attorney who I swore didn't know how to run a business. Um, I swore that, you know, if I was going to leave that job, I would never work for anybody else. Lowest to me was just, I, I didn't want to work for people like that anymore, and unfortunately, I did work for people like that. People who, you know, lawyers don't make great bosses, necessarily, and I think that uh, my wife's career has probably shown that. She'll tell you that. Um, I I always feel like, you know, I did, I wasn't treated well where I worked. Um, I worked, the first job I got was for Harvey Berman, and he was uh, an RISO lawyer, and um, he started TPA a business, and uh, that TPA business eventually was a business that, uh, with other partners, he sold it off to see business retirement services. And I, I worked for the law firm that was affiliated. And Harvey said to me, honestly, when I left, I, I was leaving because he sold off his business, that nobody would treat me as well as he did. And I, I think that he was full of it. And, uh, you know, I unfortunately learned, uh, over the, you know, the next few years after I left, it was another eight years that Harvey was right. When I started working for Harvey. I was making 35 grand. By the time I left Harvey, I was making about 72 grand in, in the space of four years and, you know, never bothered me about sick days. Never, you know, whatever. Think about, you know, bonuses except for that. $300 I got my first year, but I learned he was right. And, um, you know, I, I, got a raise when I asked for one and I got a substantial raise when I was, uh, getting engaged and, um, you know, health insurance by him to change every year and it'd go up every, you know, every year or so. And, um, you know, Harvey treated me well and, and other people did. And, I think the point is is that I always say happy employees never leave. And if you pay, um, if you give employees respect and actual, you know, decent benefits, uh, it's going to help your business in the long run. Uh, Too much turnover of employees may lead to inferior service or, or money spent trying to hire and train new employees. I once worked at a TPA when I jumped. We should install the revolving door as our front door because we had constant turnover, especially among plan administrators. In turnover is bad because turnover is a waste of time to train new employees, to the hire them, to the begin into new process and all that stuff. And it's also bad look to your clients. If, you know, direct contact to your plan changes every four to six months, it makes you look, you know, makes CPA looks bad for the, for the client. I mean, that's how I see it. Um, you know, and with that CPA, you know, we had, we had the guy running the day-to-day place. I mean, he was, he was nickel and dime people. I used to joke that he would lose $5 to save a dollar and be happy about it. That's how he was. And he was a miserable man to work for. And ultimately he nuked the business because of his incompetence. But, you know. I look at that place, and if you look at the people that left that business and started their own CPA or worked for other companies, you would have an all-star CPA. But that's how it was, because, you know, he didn't see that employees are, you know, people that should be uh, protected and maintained, and he thought, you know, they were interchangeable. I remember talking to him once. I wanted him to hire a a great DB administrator from, from, you know, from, you know, uh, that I worked with at a previous firm. And he's like, well, the guy was making 95 grand and I just got an actuary for 75 grand. An actuary that he got for 75 grand was a disaster. Uh, His partner actually had to wake up the actuary and fell asleep at work one day. And he said, sorry if I woke you but, you know, that's how it is. And I think that, uh, you know, there are a lot of plan providers out there that don't really know how to treat their employees well. Pay people with a lot of respect and a decent pay, good benefits, and you don't be a hard ass. You're going to have employees, um, you know, work for you for a long time. So another perfect example of this miserable boss. I had a paralegal who worked for me. And this was a restatement time, and our the hours we had was eight thirty to five thirty and so the paralegal would work substantially long hours. He'd you know show up at seven thirty and, and there would be days that he you know stayed till seven o'clock, knocking out you know plenary statements but this was the gust restatement and one day he left early and uh you know, he had to go to the doctor's appointment. And so, you know, the boss, or whatever, I said, uh, why are you leaving early? He says, I, hey, I, I have to go to the doctor's appointment. And, you know, the boss said, well, our hour's are 8.30 and 5.30. And the paralegal said, well, you know, I've been here at 7.30 and I stopped working. And what did the boss say? Our hour's at 8.30 and 5.30. So the paralegal told him. Uh, Told him not to his face, but afterwards never showed up again until 8.30 and then would leave 5.30. So he was working extra long hours and after getting criticized for leaving early once, he never put those extra hours again. And it's a solid position. He wasn't getting any more money or, or you know, for, for working longer hours. And, and that's what it was. And that's how it was over there. So I hope you enjoyed this episode of the one k <laughs> First podcast of 2023. Uh, Sign up at 4K for further information on all our live events. And I hope you uh, tune in next week for another episode of that 4K podcast. Thanks. Bye.